What is up, everybody? This is TJ Murphy, and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. My guest today is Saul Sutton. In 2018, Saul transitioned from his management role at Amazon, where he led his team to become the fastest delivery station in Amazon history to reach max capacity, to co-founding and serving as COO of a rapidly growing VC-funded AI startup called Ease, building human-centric, innovative HR solutions for the future of the workforce. Saul and his team's commitment to producing real results has forged trusting relationships, helping businesses grow exponentially. In 2019, he founded Let's Scale, a Christian consulting company with a vision and mission to improve society by bringing positive influence to the culture at large, donating 10% of profits to international and local charities and churches. Just a few of the golden takeaways Saul shares in this episode are the importance of having a guide in business who can connect you with the right resources creating a plan that actually gets followed, tactical games, and the world's biggest wave. So without further ado, please enjoy this value-packed conversation with Saul Sutton. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, Saul. Welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. EJ, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. It's, it's great to have you on. I've been looking forward to this one for a while now. Well, yeah, because you're just a fun guy to talk to, number one. But more importantly, for the context of this podcast, you are the definition of a giver. You're always providing value wherever you can, even in the short time I've known you. It's something that I've come to realize. And you're always helping people to connect the dots and achieve their goals. So listen up, everybody listening, because I have a good feeling Saul is going to be dropping some serious, valuable nuggets for us here today. And I'd like to start at the beginning, though. Tell us a little bit about your story leading up to you becoming the adventurous entrepreneur you are today. Yeah, man. Like, first of all, I appreciate everything you just shared. And um, I'd say, you know, for me, I've always been just surrounded by a lot of great people. Um, we're raised by a single mom, but she did a good job. Uh, first, just giving us a relationship with God, that servant mentality, and just being grateful for a little we had. We grew up very wealthy. Um, but we did, um, she did do a good job surrounding us by people who could help us with things she didn't have experience in that could kind of act as guides along the way. Um, and, you know, I remember the first, wasn't an entrepreneurial um, endeavor initially, but I got my first job, I was 14 years old. I came home, my mom's like, I got a job for you. I was at Chick-fil-A, I had the opportunity to um, really develop myself outside from just like taking orders. They really gave my first John Maxwell books, empowered me to do quite a bit through the four years of um, high school. And I enjoyed those challenges and being able to lead my team. Didn't know what it was gonna turn into. Um, but I did spark some little entrepreneurial endeavors in like high school, trying to throw little dances and parties and they actually went terrible. They did not go as planned, but <laughs> we, le we learned our lesson and, uh, and like, um, you know, then we kind of fast forward into college. Uh, you know, I decided to go to school for supply chain and operations management. 
you know, so I can learn even more about business, touch more things in that space. And then also, you know, see how I could maybe make some of those endeavors or events kind of, you know, come to life, you know, help me pay for college, you know, working like three, usually three jobs and going full time was challenging, but we were able to kind of do that. And it required me to find a team and search for those guides. So my mom had kind of put in us at an early age and, um, you know, me and my brother, uh, who's a really big similar entrepreneur, probably took more of the untraditional route than myself, um, gave me the opportunity to kind of dabble in it as I took more traditional route to start. Yeah, man. Sounds like you you really learned how to grind early on, both through your mom, kind of putting that on you, putting it on your shoulders, if you will, and saying, hey, here's an opportunity, go get after it. But then, you know, figuring out how to find your way and, and make it happen. So bringing it forward to where we're at today, Tell me a little bit about what you're working on here in the tail end of October 2022. What's got your focus? Um, telling October is really uh, just staying in the course, you know, just kind of trusting guys' timing in the process as I scale my consulting company. Um, you know, through my career, I've had the, been blessed to work with some awesome companies such as Amazon, got to help launch Amazon delivery service in the US at its inception, um, gave me an opportunity to really hone in on some skills. Um, uh, from there, I resigned from Amazon and got the opportunity to uh, launch a uh, startup with my brother, um, which is now um, VC-funded, um, kind of mid-stage uh, in tech and medical staffing, um, building an AI in that space, uh, which took us on an amazing journey through some of the top accelerators. This really built our network, really gave us the opportunity to prove what we can do, um, and also just see some of the barriers other entrepreneurs will encounter uh, and how to overcome some of those. Um, and right now, it's really just... Um, you know, creating awareness so people know who we are. Um, we're very experienced. We know what we're doing, but we're very concierge. We're very selective of who we work with. We want the right people to be able to find us. So that's kind of um, one thing we're focused on now and uh, really more so deal flow. But we lead through service. And I think um, the deals will come. So we stick to our model of really just um, building relationships. You know, it's kind of our focus right now in general. Yeah, man, it's something you're good at too. So talk to me a little bit about Let's Scale. Like, what are you guys all about? What is your you know, the value that you're bringing to the market? And also like, how did you make that transition from the company you co-founded to going off on your own and founding Let's Scale? Um, so uh, first I'd say is uh, I'm still the active CEO and still focused on um, my other startup. I have kind of, these are my two main initiatives. I can do a few great things at one time. Some people can do more. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I, we got the bandwidth. We switched over to some more enterprise clients like Dell, American Express, both of us are mutual. And those deals are, are highly valuable. They move very slow though. And um, they're very predictable because of how big the scopes are. Um, so it gave me some bandwidth to figure out what else I wanted to do. And ultimately, you know, let's scale as a legacy company, like a business that I'm going to keep forever. It's going to be, a, a, you know, my way to really bring my network together, support different people, um, help businesses thrive, not just survive. Um, so really what it does is uh, we support the drivers and organizations, CEO, COO, uh, maybe at the VP level, um, providing them with one, sometimes fractional COO support or um, connecting them with experts that can act as guides and growth strategy and business development in addition to our, um, our vetted resources and, um, and talent and as well as our, our partners, right? Such as yourself. Um, yeah. it's oftentimes, a lot of companies, when they have the most money and they just get going, they find the wrong partners the first time. They burn through those cash. They make mistakes learning when they should have brought on someone to support them. And then they find the right partner and they go on a very grueling and challenging journey together, hopefully to success. But why do that when you can connect with a resource like us that has those people um, on 
both sides that can help you have, you know, tremendous growth. And we operate more like a SEAL Team 6, you know, getting in with our best insight, resources, and, and getting out, right? Um, I created a consultant company and a model that I want as a founder. Um, someone doesn't have a bias to create the most complex solutions that are going to really affect me long-term as I'm growing with, with kind of a lot of predict, un unpredictability. And also um, that can give me results, focus on revenue and growth. And in some cases, cost savings, which leads to more capital to grow, right? Um, so that's really it, you know? And also last thing I'll say is really helping founders uh, know what they need to do right now. It doesn't support the big picture um, to stay in business, how to pivot. Um, and, and like I said, some founders think you know, 10 years out, if you're thinking more than three years out, it's not a plan. It's just a dream. And I think it's important for someone like our, myself, like a COO who keeps the founder's visions in line so we can really drive results and, um, and get things done and still know what, what and when to do uh, those bigger things that are gonna help us get to like that you know, unicorn company or that big exit or, um, that, or that revenue um, platform we wanna be at. So that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, man. And what I love is that you know, entrepreneurship, it's, it's an adventure. And when you're going it alone, you're bound to run into dead ends, wrong turns, villains along the way that lead you down the wrong path or just plain rip you off. So what you do and your company does, you come in and you really serve as that guide, somebody that's helping entrepreneurs and execs across a wide range of sectors, helping them to improve performance and scale to new heights. And I'm sure there's some common things that you see. What are some of those big bottlenecks that come up time and time again within an organization or, or hurdles that you see companies that are keeping them from reaching their true potential? So one thing I do resonate with what you just said is uh, a blind leap of faith is always better with a consultant than by yourself, right? When I say consultant, um, it's someone that's experienced and knows the way, right? Um, you, like for me, an executive coach or someone that's done it before, so not learning on your dime. I think some of the hurdles are is that, you know, not trying to do everything yourself. You know, if, you, if you're more small stage, you know, we, we, we benefit people when they're at the point where they're going to be hiring a team, where they're going to need systems in place they're, when they got funding or they're growing beyond what they can just do themselves um, efficiently. Or a company so large that they lose visibility and connection and communication with each other. And we need to figure out how to get those corporate and business objectives aligned again so that people know down to the person cleaning the bathrooms why they're there, their purpose, right? And I think some of the hurdles is like knowing how to pivot and then also just knowing you may not have the time to solve um, a lot of those challenges on your own, address some of those problems on your own. Um, so it's important just to have someone that can support you. Um, and I guess, you know, that's something we try to help clients with, but we really, we, everything we do is customized based on our clients' objectives, right? Um, so when we're working with them, we figure out what, what they're trying to accomplish also and what we can do with the resources they have available. And that may lead to them having to do certain things themselves, but at least they'll know as soon as they can, they need to outsource these things they're not going to be great at. Or otherwise, they're not going to grow, right? Um, and that's, you know, and like, and like for us, like the thing that keeps us up at night is that only 57% of strategic initiatives are successful. 60% of that potential is lost at the start of the project. Another 37% of that productivity is lost throughout it. So what you get in the beginning, at the end, is not what you had planned on. And this is when you're committed to being better. You know, if those things can be avoided by someone that's done it before or a team of people who've done it, you know, so you can have a better chance. There's no guarantees, but, you know, the likelihood of success with someone's done it is, is astronomical. And we connect people with individuals you wouldn't traditionally find in a normal hiring environment. 
um, that I built relationships with, like you mentioned, and that trust me and that they'll they'll do projects that aren't in their scope or what their main focus is um, just because of our relationship with them. Um, and, and, was, and like I said, you get once you're part of the family, you know, we're, we're, we, want, we want to be your partner for life, even if we're not working on a project. You know, when you hit your biggest hurdles, that's when you should come to us. So I think it's having a real plan, you know, that's with like three years and then seeing how you're going to execute it and, and when to partner and how to find those partners is one of the yeah. biggest barriers. Yeah, you got to have a plan and you got to know when to take the hats off because you can only wear so many if you're going to scale. And, you know, one thing that I've come to realize throughout my journey is that there's just no reason why you should be trying to figure things out on your own. There are so many resources out there. Somebody's done exactly what you're trying to do. And even if you don't have the capital to go out and source talent or hire someone to really be that guide for you at the stage you're in, you'll be surprised if you can just reach out to people. Everyone wants to help. Like it's human nature. People want to help. And there are so many great communities where you can tap in. You know, for example, we, we met at a great networking group called M3, where, man, I've met dozens of people who are just like you, who, yeah, their business is all about helping people and they get paid for it. But even before that, if someone's not ready, they're still willing to provide value. And those little golden nuggets that people can leave you might just be the secret sauce that'll save you tons of money, time and headache trying to figure things out on your own. Is there anything that you, you know, see as you're working with people that, you know, if you're trying to scale, let scale is all about scaling at the end of the day that you think people need to pay attention to in order to not get stuck on the plateau as they're moving forward and getting into scaling mode? I said there's three things for sure. Um, one, like just identifying like, one, like what you need to do to break even to be successful in the business, right? Um, and you should put in and pushing towards that goal. Like your plan has to be attached to some kind of growth or revenue number. Because the business isn't making money, it's not growing, it's not truly a business, right? Or at least having some capital to, to run. So, you know, and that comes back to knowing what is your three-year plan? Like, what is the reason? Like, what is your plan for the business? Are you are you going to try and sell it? Are you trying to grow it and have dividends? Are you trying to become a unicorn company? So you're going to dictate what you do today, right? Um, rather, are you going to take on debt? How are you going to raise? Because the biggest things that come, kill companies is, one, timing you can't control. Number two, you can't control is... The, the team you have, and then just not enough capital, right? So if you know or have a plan or you can save before you start your business or have an idea of how much runway you're gonna have or how much money you need to raise to be in a good position, it's really gonna help you out. So I think just having that plan of like, you know, why behind the passion for what you're creating, like how you're gonna do it and what you need to accomplish like in 18 months for, for it to be successful, right? It's also gonna help you know how to ask for help because people wanna support your business. You know, but it's really on the founder you know, to, to have to share the clear direction that things are going in, right? And I think that's one thing some people aren't really good at is like they sometimes they haven't figured out exactly what they want to do. They have the big picture figured out. It makes it really hard for people to help you um, and, and, and like be looking out for you when you're not around. So I think really just dialing in um, your message um, like kind of with regards to the direction you want your company to go in. Um, I say like be able to share your business in five words or less. We provide um, customized growth strategies. Like that, if someone said that, let's go to those customized growth strategies, that should be enough for someone to think about it and spark a conversation uh, without me having to go into uh, too much detail. 
Um, and I think, so, and then someone you meet can just remember that, um, no matter how complex what your product is, that takes some time. So I think just, you know, you, you're an expert when it comes to messaging. Like if you, the more you can put in the dial and get in, which shows you more of an expert, it's going to help people share your story um, and support you. Yeah, I love that. And you also work with entrepreneurs who are early on in their journey and, and really need help going from idea to reality. What are one or two fundamental exercises or opportunities to help someone really bring their idea to life quickly and develop an easy to execute formula? I think a big part of bringing an idea to reality is a, a fully functioning service of some kind. So whether it's like MVP, something that like has a complete user experience. Yeah, so minimum from, viable product for those that yeah, don't know. And yeah. that can, yeah, 100%, that's correct. And it doesn't have to be a software. It can be like even a sales engagement, right? You know, or, or like, you know, when they first come in, this is the problem. This is the solution or expected result at this stage. We can, we have the thing in place to get them there. If there's, if you can't get them there, then figure that part out because that's what, that's what you should be selling and presenting. And maybe like, you know, if it's a service, maybe it'll grow from people working with you directly where they need inside sales support, but you're trying to be a fractional sales or, or, or um, salesperson in their business. But the first part, you know, you do smaller engagements, but then you want to start staffing people. You can kind of grow into that, but you may not be doing it yet. Or if it's a software, you know, for us, it's connecting uh, tech talent with um, enterprise clients. But first we have to figure out a plan to onboard, identify their current workflow, see how to place them, what that looks like, get them started. And then from there, we can kind of look at bigger picture stuff, right? You know, and, and have and make sure our software can take them through that journey. You know, so it's things you and then just and then being able to test it because that leads to pilots, that leads to um, a way for people to, to test your service out before they commit to anything too big, or at least you have proof and case studies in it. So I think it's important to have some kind of MVP, minimal viral product, um, and then attach that to a sale, like, and also use data for your pricing, right? Look at your competitors, see what else is out there. Everything should be data-driven. You don't need to have a bunch of systems in place. It, you can just do research. Um, it's gonna help you make better decisions um, and also not leave money on the table because you wanna you know, be, be profitable, rebring it into revenue. And, and like, I think that's gonna drive, that's gonna drive you. As far as knowing how to sell more of that, so you're going to get feedback, which helps you make the best products. You know, you can only create the best thing you think the market wants. The market's going to tell you what it wants. And then you're going to kind of pivot and evolve off of that, which is a good thing. But you can't get to that point without something for someone to test. And you don't want people to say yes, like, hey, let's do this and have a bad experience. And you, you yeah. may never get that back, right? So yeah. that's kind of how no, I have something ready to show them. So, I mean, I think the key there is like, you can only do so much prep work. You can't spend too many months or years coming up with the perfect product, the perfect service. You need to get it out there into the market to get that feedback, to get those case studies, to get those initial sales that are ultimately going to help you to figure out what the market actually wants. Yes. And you founded what two, two successful companies today, co-founded one. What has been the biggest challenge you faced along the way, or, or what is one of the hardest things you've had to do so far in your entrepreneurial journey? Man, um, being an entrepreneur is always a challenge, right? Um, yeah, every day. Because <laughs> uh, it has great rewards, but because ultimately we, we are looking for big problems to solve in the market um, that help us live a lifestyle or, or do a thing that we want to do, right? Um, and I think one of the biggest challenges uh, 
one, obviously access to capital and, and, and revenue in the beginning is always a challenge. Once you get to a certain number, things start getting smoother. Um, and that, that number can vary depending on, like I said, your costs or your overhead and stuff. Every business is different. Um, but we have little access to capital. It's tough in the beginning. And that's where those relationships become so important. Um, but even then, it's, it still takes an army of people um, to get things going. Um, and then a lot of time. I think it's really um, trust in the process, right? I always say, um, I, I, I prayed for success and God gave me challenges, obstacles, and barriers to overcome. He answered my prayers. I trusted the process, right? Amen. Uh, you got to know that, like, to be qualified, you have to go through some challenges. But leaders are right a lot. You know, you want to be right more than you're wrong. And, and also, like, you know, cherish what you have, like, today, right? A lot of this stuff isn't just process things you do. A lot of it's a mindset. Um, and that's what's going to help you get the people around you to support you, because I, I would not be here as confident as I am doing any of these things without the, the people I have behind me supporting me. And, um, and when I said, I said, we can solve any problem. It's because I'm not solving all the problems. Right. Um, I have a network I can dive into or a direction I can point somebody in. So, no. So I think the biggest challenge is just like trying your best not to get too stressed out. Um, making sure you work on what only matters now. If you have a reason to do it, do it and say no to everything else. You cannot do everything. And also, um, and the more success you have, you will experience this. Everyone will. You're going to get more great ideas around great people, but you still got to say no to those great ideas if they don't fit what you're doing right now. And that was something I ran into before is like we were pivoting a little too much. Because, oh, that would be a great idea. We could do this. Oh, but that, you know, there's so much to do. We're like, we got to, okay, we just got to wait. So many wait. shiny stick objects out there. Yeah, yeah stick to what we're doing. Otherwise, not getting anything done. Before, yeah. we were getting ideas that didn't make sense. But then these were like, they do actually make sense. But have a plan you go back to it like nah, that's not it for this year man mm-hmm. you're not, not gonna be able to do that so i think that's uh, a pen to paper and set it right here if it's not in the book it's not going in the not right on the page and on the stage man that's yeah. that's how it is so i think that's important um but also knowing when to pivot too like uh like don't be too like stuck on your own idea and, and like ignoring like uh symptoms of things that could hurt your business um you know like really pay attention like this idea may be a better idea. Like analyze it, but you'll know if you have that plan in place. So that's why I think, I think it's really one, that's one of the challenges. And then like I said, capital is always a big one. Um, and it depends on your background, you know, um, you know, being a diverse founder, that can be a challenge, but investors um, invest in what they know, the creatures of habit. I don't think it's a race or color thing. Uh, no one wants to go first from investing anyway. Um, people just like to invest in what they know. And like, that's why a lot of founders that do it once, they keep getting supported after that, right? Yeah. Uh, but also if your if your product or service is that good is they're gonna in a day like money talks right so just uh keep pushing and uh trust in the process hey man man what is the challenge you're currently facing or or a problem you're working through right now and how do you think you should be tackling it or or are there any you know resources or connections you're currently looking for that someone listening might be able to help out with yeah so i'm looking myself just to you know obviously pushing sales is always a big one uh, because everything we do is customized for us it's about having more conversations with um the right people more late state a little bit more late stage for us i guess medium to large um but also it's so important to us to make sure we don't leave um anyone who could use our support on the table so i think it's really just creating that visibility and also we're looking to um because it's like a legacy company i'm not looking to like grow it and sell it uh, we're looking to figure out how we want to how we want to go about raising funding to to do some things we want to do like you know building out websites um, hiring people, um, the best people we can afford uh, that are going to help us scale. So that's stuff we're looking at going into next year and just trying to make sure we 
um, put keep our sales going between 15 and 20 percent month over month just into into next year uh, which will make us more qualified and even if you know we hit the revenue numbers we want to hit we still want to take on some debt to grow faster right um, versus bash burn our cash so we're doing some financial modeling in that area um as you as you become more of a founder the thing you started doing doesn't become your job it's mostly like <laughs> paperwork and legal and and like high up administrative stuff on top of the thing you love doing uh, but yeah just yeah so it's kind of where we're at man but really i think just want to continue to connect with um people whose businesses aren't scaling as fast as they like uh, and that's to me that's a good enough conversation started um because i mean that's that person cares is that that sparks something in their mind like yeah i'm not scaling the way i want to then that's the kind of person we want to talk to at any stage Knowing everything you've learned throughout your entrepreneurial journey so far, what advice would you give yourself back when you were just about to embark on that first venture with your brother? And is there anything you would tell yourself to ignore? Um, I'd say when I embarked on that journey with my brother, man, I, he, I was very confident in his skills uh, as an entrepreneur. And I knew that, you know, work, we've got very different strengths, right? He's very much a visionary. Um, also very analytical and had success in the entrepreneurial space. And I had done very well at Amazon um, in my career. You know, the site I was at before I resigned was number one uh, delivery station in the country. We hit our one-year plan in like the first two weeks of launch. And I knew I needed to lean into him though uh, when it came to the entrepreneurial side because I was just having a lot of information in my mind. So I had, I had to change how I was thinking and be able to make decisions even quicker than I did in that kind of environment. So really just trusting the team, but also diving in, being even more curious sooner you know um, learning more things sooner trying more things faster so i think that's an opportunity that i had that i could have you know came in there touching more diff different things faster um in general and then uh just kind of acting on those uh, we were it, things didn't work out for us but that's what i feel is opportunity to be a little bit more on top of that you know no one there wouldn't be as much information you know a lot of things that you have to figure out yourself there is no one to go to so that's something i think that um was a little different uh, especially if it was our first time going through that VC and that, that, that route. Um, so it was an experience for us, both of us, but I wouldn't, I didn't, I don't, no regrets. It was amazing. Uh, but when I look back and that's why now it's like, you know, it's making time for everything, kind of the knowing you got to touch, have everything figured out. I know exactly what to look at, the marketing, the sales, relationships, not networking too much, you know, you can over network and not work in the business. You can, you can so, definitely over network. <laughs> yeah. So having that, ha these things I learned, I'm like, we got to be mindful of them. And also having accountability around you. You have, I have people who like, don't let me just disappear for a long period of time or you know, isolate. Um, and also just give me good advice or what, like, what are you up to, you know? And also for other people, you know, mentoring them because that helps me stay sharp um, in general. So hopefully that answers your question, but I think that's something that would be a little different was really just being more adventurous or dabbling a lot more different parts of the business faster. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And so this is a podcast about entrepreneurship, but one of the most, or the biggest hurdles most successful entrepreneurs are going to face at one time or another is kind of what you alluded to, living a well-rounded life and doing the things that fill you back up, that bring us joy with the people that we care about most. What does that look like for you? Um, so I had a really big transition in life, uh, well, probably about say three or four years ago now, um, where I used to focus way too much on, well, actually, I, you know, started focusing too much on success goals and those goals would, you know, help and benefit other people around me. Um, but only if it ties to kind of what I was going to accomplish. Right. Um, but then I was like, you know, jumping over this like pit and I landed on the other side, like, oh, I'm successful. It's working out. 
but it didn't have the impact I was looking for. So I started focusing on significance, which allowed me to analyze how I was showing for other people and tie their objectives in the mind and actually made me way better at business, right? Because I had empathy, right? I was working people even when they couldn't do something for me. Um, and that actually made me be able to go so much deeper and be so much more connected and get, and also make them feel more comfortable and vulnerable so I could do what I really love, which is solving more problems and like helping them, you know, thrive and not just survive, right? So I think that, you know, that's really important to me is just like, you know, how, how I showed up and, you know, and kind of, and constantly, like I said, you know, I really you know, have a great relationship with God. So that's what kind of drives me, you know, Let's Go is a Christian consultant company in the sense that 10% of our revenues go to church and charities. And it's just a vehicle for me to serve people. You know, and I always say that, like, if people remember Let's Go, if I'm gone and things go as planned, I want them to remember as a service company that help people, help founders, right? People do great things and stay in business. And that we think they did consulting or something, right? That would yeah. be a victory to me. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's kind of how we look at it. So just come from a place of service, like, you know, all we can do um, is plant seeds and water them. You know, I think God's a grower. So I'm just continuing to plant those seeds and in the right season, watering them with like love and compassion and grace um, and trying to guide people, um, you know, because you can, you can feed your business poison too. So be careful what you're watering and actually plant those seeds. So that's kind of, you know, what I live by and how I try to show up every day. And like I said, uh, you need a community and wise counsel around you uh, to really do that. You can't do it by yourself. Yeah, you're on that path, man. I mean, your your light is shining bright. You're the epitome of that servant leader out there helping people. And you're also an adventurous guy, man. You're doing some pretty extreme stuff for fun, like the tactical games you recently participated in that you you sent me a couple of weeks ago. You mind sharing a little bit about what that was like and you know how your first experience went and what it is? Yeah. Um, I really wanted to push myself mentally and physically. Um and um you know, and also find another healthy way to kind of connect with another community of people. Um, stopped drinking like over four years ago. Um, started taking my health a lot more serious. But also I wanted to fill that void with a, something fun and really challenging. Um, so I, I do a lot of um, shooting. So I got into, so tactical games is uh, precision shooting and um, CrossFit together. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the matches are, it's like two days, eight matches, like 12 hours a day um, straight through. And uh it really, you know, I trained by myself and with some friends helping me for about five months, but it was very taxing. Actually, when I did it, it was more challenging than I thought, 105 degree weather, talking blisters, running miles, just like it was uh, very intense, but it really, I was so proud of myself though for training and getting it done. My mission was to, to do everything and complete all the actual events, no matter what happened, you know, if I could physically do it, um, I need to train harder, <laughs> but I definitely will be back. But uh, it was just a great experience, great community, but I think it's important to have Something you just love, just want to do for yourself, man. It doesn't have to be, you know, what we, what I do, but uh, have some, you know, wait, some kind of escape, you know, some or something to train towards. Um, I think for me, um, working out as an anchor habit, it helps other parts in your life and other things in your life just by doing it. And the same thing to me is uh, your faith. Like you spend time with God, it's just going to change you and help other parts of your life, and other things. So I think it's very important to have that uh, that foundation. So you know, it just it'll just work magic in your life all over so it was it was a fun thing to do uh i don't think it's for everyone very hard but yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna you know, drop the link for people push, to check it out it, it is intense, yeah, if guys, you want to push yourself like really push yourself um beyond just like shooting in a range uh and, and all you love fitness and it's a good combination yeah no it, it looked really fun but oh my god out there in the the arizona heat on top of it whew, brutal man <laughs> brutal 
So part of our focus is looking at entrepreneurship through the lens of being an adventure. And in every great adventure story, there's a guide or a mentor who leads the hero down the path to reaching their goal. Do any mentors or, or influential people in your life come to mind that really helped shape you into the adventurous entrepreneur you are today? Um, I, I'd say um, my mom, man. She, yeah. She's an entrepreneur in the sense of what we do, but I think all moms are entrepreneurs, right? Multitasking, especially single moms, raising the kids. Also, like, you know, and I think, like I said, I said entrepreneur, true entrepreneur to me is not necessarily a leader, but a guy, someone who's experienced and knows the way, but also knows all the areas that they are not the best and the strongest, right? Um, and I think that's where they fill those gaps, especially, you know, that when you get investment funding for like 50,000, we just exposed. And mom was really a true guide, right? She trusted us, gave us the space we need to be adventurous and learn. And she put the things in front of us, gave us like choices and and really played a key role in that. And then obviously, you know, having to grow pretty fast and support my brother, um, he played a huge role. Um, honestly, being a mentor and inspiring me to kind of not go down a path of just being wild and crazy because like I just didn't see the value in that because um, you know it's one of the, he's one of the greatest gifts God, God ever gave me and I wanted to show up a certain kind of way. Helped me kind of grow up and be disciplined, but I don't think I missed out on anything. It was, uh, it's been a beautiful journey. And like, I think that, you know, my mom was a, a great entrepreneur in her own way. You know, and she produced uh, two kids who are, are thriving, not just surviving out here. And, uh, and, and really the servant mentality is a, I think that's our, our superpower and why we even have the opportunities because when I put it on paper, like from the accelerators to Amazon to, you know, the conferences, like, you know, getting into these things, like it's less than 1% opportunity success rate, right? And I can't guarantee that for someone else. So it just has to be a higher power or something like making that happen. Uh, we're putting in the work, you know, through discipline and consistency, but, you know, there's a part of that formula that I can't like say is all me. So that's kind of, that's how, so I say mom, Faith and our brother. Love it, man. And as we kind of wrap things up here, I have a more fun question for you. Call it a choose your own adventure question. So you can pick whichever one you'd like to answer, or you can answer both if you desire. But what's your favorite place you visited over the past five years? Or what is a recent adventure that you went on that was awesome? Good question. Um, man, one of my most favorite places I visited was in the last five years, uh, Lisbon, Portugal, for Web Summit. There's a huge conference there. Um, with about 70,000 people, it, uh, it takes over the whole city. It's a big deal for Lisbon, not a very uh, wealthy place. Um, they paid about $110 million to keep it in the, in the country for 10 years um, because of all the business and tourism it brings there. And they're coming up for development, but it's just a beautiful place. Such It's peaceful, they get the palaces. Um, they have a place up north called Cascais. Uh, uh, if you Google it, it's where that guy surfed the 80 kilometer wave, the biggest wave ever surfed. Um, so during Web Summit, Surf Summit's going up and there's a lighthouse and these waves are like taller than buildings. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy just seeing that power of nature. Like, you know, you see what we do and you look at that, it's like, yeah, we're, <laughs> we got some power, but not like that. Uh, really humbling. Um, but it's also just a beautiful, very affordable place. So Lisbon's one of the places and I'm looking forward to going to Australia and Japan or I might go up my list uh, soon. Yeah, Lisbon's on my list. Japan's amazing. I went there when I was in high school. Definitely want to go back. Australia, also my bucket list. I always like to ask, I'm a foodie. What was uh, your favorite meal when you were in Lisbon? Lisbon, um, it's the, the seafood is really good. Yeah. Um, you know, being like an ocean place, especially the octopus. Um, 
uh, uh, grilled because uh, it's it's the only and I think the thing about the serpent there, it's the only resident like predatory creature, which is mm-hmm. not hard, it's harmful to people, so there's no sharks or anything. But um, that's a huge thing because like it's very much they get what they have around them, right? Uh, so it's very fresh and very good. Um, if you don't like seafood, everything else is handmade. The, the, the pastas, the sauces, like all that stuff is like sourced locally. So yeah. you can't go wrong there. And it's extremely affordable. Good stuff, man. Can't wait to check it out. So man, what ask challenge or, or parting advice do you have for my audience before we wrap things up and I ask where people can find you online, socials, that kind of stuff? Yeah, say parting advice is like really take time to look at the reason you're starting your business. You know, I would encourage you to make sure it's because you want to bring something to the world, not escape something. Um, I always think that you're like the business you start should become from something you've already tested and kind of have some feel like you're gonna have some success in it or a plan. Um, try to put a three-year plan together. Um, that's as far as I think you can really execute realistically. And um, just try and see how, what is going to be your plan for having capital and who can you partner with that's complementary um, to your industry or has done it before that will support you. Uh, just have a strong foundation so you can be successful. And like um, TJ said, there's so many resources out there. Uh, just put the time into where you think your weaknesses are and just know that you're going to need to have support in those areas. But yeah, I think if you just have a, a plan, you know, a clear message for people of what you're trying to do and like that MVP, then you'll be in a really good spot um, and ahead of most people um, that understand what they want to do, but not business. Um, and then what's going to help you really just take off and find the right talent so you can be successful. Yeah. Have a plan, have a clear message, ask for help when you need it. Sound advice. So where can people find you online, man? Is there anything that you want people to check out? Um, yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best and most updated um, place to find me. Uh, you can also book uh, free consultations with me right from there. Like I said, your business is killing the way you want to, and you even just want like an analysis or just some feedback. Um, you know, it's not, it can never hurt to have a call, right? Uh, we're here to support and we'll never provide a solution that won't be successful. Um, but I think it's really about, you know, building that community, that network. And, um, and I love partnering with people, giving them access to you know, what I spend my life building, um, which is that network in that community. So, and also, um, you know, my email is on there as well. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Um, and I'm looking look forward to talking to everyone who uh, could wants a trusted partner. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll drop all that in the show notes. People can get in touch with you and my man, thanks for coming on the show. This has been a value packed 30 minutes to be sure. And, you know, one thing I was reflecting on the other day was how grateful I am to have connected with such amazing people like you through all of the business networking that I've been doing this year. Cause that was a big goal I had for 2022. And it's so great to have partners who are committed to building trusted relationships and helping people realize their dreams, people who actually care and are producing real results. And that's you, man, you're crushing it out there. And I'm excited to continue following your journey and rooting for you. So keep it up, brother. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule on a Friday to share your story with our community. Anytime. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.